He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the perfect judge, the perfect defender, and our perfect savior. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth with Madison Sanderson. Grab your Bible, a cup of coffee, and let's celebrate him. Hello, I am so thankful you're spending time with me again and growing with me, and I hope that you listen to my new intro and love it just as much as I do, but of course, I'm pretty biased, but I think it is great. Uh, it definitely makes my morning just a little bit better, uh, and I hope that, as it said, that you do have your Bible with you and that you do have a big honking cup of coffee because if you are anything like me, you are not able to make it through your day without at least one massive cup of coffee that actually is like three cups in one. But besides that, um, I just, I'm excited about that intro. Uh, It's something that I've been dreaming about for quite some time, and I'm so thankful to finally see it in fruition. Uh, And, you know, it makes me feel like a real podcaster. And what that is, I'm not really sure, but it's a term that, you know, is tossed around and I'm going to stick with it. But I'm super thankful that you guys are spending some more time with me, and I'm thankful for the feedback that I've been getting, and just for the love that I've also been getting. This uh, podcast is something that I've wanted to do for quite some time, as you guys know, and as those of you that don't know, I'm very big into trying to help people uh, grasp different concepts, and I'm very, I'm very passionate about, especially helping women to view Christ in the way that Christ deserves to be viewed. And same with scripture, same with God, same with our Holy Spirit. Um, So I'm very, very passionate, obviously, about this podcast, and I'm excited to kind of see where it goes. But before we jump into today's message or episode, I'm still not really sure what I'm supposed to call that. But before we jump into it, uh, we're going to take just a couple of minutes and we're going to listen to a um, sponsored ad. So I'll be back soon. Hold on just a sec, guys. All right. Thanks for sticking through that. So today we are going to be covering a topic that you either deeply believe in, you deeply despise, or you're absolutely clueless about. Uh, It's been surprising to me as to how many people are actually in the little clueless boat But that's also because I'm the type of person that whenever I know somebody, I just assume everybody else knows this person. And so I guess I'm the same way when it comes to different topics too. Just because I know of it does not mean that you necessarily know of it. And so that's something that I am growing in and being refined in. So it's been a fun trip. But it's a topic that has been addressed time and time again, yet it is still gaining ground. And especially with media nowadays, it's only getting bigger. And it's not just getting bigger, I believe it is starting to get worse because, well, before I give up what the topic is, basically it is starting to, it has roots, it's starting to grow, and now it's starting to also develop different trees as well. So um, what is this topic that I'm obviously kind of bashing Uh, That would be the health and wealth and prosperity gospel. So if you've never heard of those, it usually goes by either the health and wealth gospel or the prosperity gospel, but they are the same thing. They have many different uh, 
names as well. Those are not the only ones, but they are the most common ones. And a lot of people don't know that those are not actually the gospel because it has gospel in the title. And so they a lot of people, you may not actually believe in the health and wealth gospel or the prosperity gospel, but because you heard of it, you heard of prosperity gospel, you just automatically assume that it's probably going to be biblical. It's fine. It's good, but it's not. Uh, so basically, those are uh, a religious belief among some Christians who hold that financial blessing and physical well-being are always the will of God. For them and that faith, positive speech, donations to different religious causes or to different churches, basically tithing and things like that, will increase one's material wealth. The, they view the Bible as a contract between God and humans. And as we all know, that is not at all what scripture actually is. There is a covenant within scripture that is explained, but the Bible itself does not actually make it a contract. So basically the contract is if humans have faith in God, then he will deliver security and prosperity, health, wealth, all that sort of stuff. And that is so wrong on so many different levels. And as I'm sure you are surprised, we are about to get into that. So there's many different reasons why these, these, sorry, why this is something that you should be very leery of and cautious of. And honestly, we need to be gaining knowledge in this and learn the false doctrine that's being presented in these quote unquote gospels so that we can then help our brother and sisters understand why what they believe in the health and wealth gospel is wrong. And there's no way around this. This isn't one of those that I'm going to be capable of um, fluffing my way through of making it sound like it's not that bad. I don't want to demonize it. I don't want to, you know, make people who preach this be viewed as heretics, but I'm going to be very blunt. It 100% is heresy and they are heretics. There is not another way of presenting this except for saying that this is absolutely dangerous to anybody's walk with God. And I am definitely putting my foot down on this one of I'm not going to try and make you feel good about your decision of listening to health and wealth preachers or that you're, you have a desire for the prosperity gospel because you need to not. Um, I'm usually not going to try to be a person that is very blunt when it comes to stuff like that. And I want you to think for yourself. I want you to check scripture and see what you have found. But this is one of those that um, I'm probably going to get some ridicule on and that's okay. But I cannot at all whatever support. And I will be giving you examples as to why you should not as well. I don't want you to join me because it is a, um, like I've said before, you know, like we're going to link arms and we're going to go off to war. That's not what this is. What this is, is this is a gospel that is not the gospel. And it is absolutely sending people straight to hell. And they don't know. And that is terrifying, my friends. 
absolutely terrifying. I'm thinking right now as I'm saying this stuff, who is going to be listening to this podcast that actually believes in these things and who who do I want to see in heaven? Everybody. I would love to see every single person in heaven, but this gospel does not allow for that. So as we stated, the health and wealth and prosperity gospel, it is more self-centered than they want you to believe. They will use scripture and it makes it sound very biblical. As I said, you use the word gospel and most Christians are naturally going to follow suit with it because we believe that just because you are a famous person or just because you have a Bible in your hand and you are preaching scripture, if we don't know scripture well enough, you can take a you can take a verse, you can take an entire chapter completely out of context and you can use it for your own glory. So the preacher would use it for their own glory so that you can either one, bless them as a preacher, give them the praise, give them all the glory. You can then bless their church or their cause or their mission. And then you will want to hear from them again. So then you will go back to point one and point two. And you'll just keep doing it in this awkward rotation and wondering why they are preaching all this yet your life doesn't seem to be working out that way. So they will usually use, like I've said, they will use verses to get a point across. Instead of doing what a good pastor should do, which is build a sermon around specific um, specific verses and specific scripture, they will pick and choose like a buffet what verses they want to use for their own benefit, and nine times out of ten, they're going to be construed. If you remember, actually, now I'm not really sure if I said it on a podcast or if I just talked to a lot of people about it, but in The Temptation of Jesus, right? Satan comes and he is trying to tempt him to do three different things. He's trying to tempt him in three different ways and they're all vastly different ways. But either way, it's basically trying to get him to deny God and to break a relationship between he and God. But what he does is he uses scripture. But what he also does is he uses those scriptures out of context, completely out of context. And if you weren't solid in your scripture... If you didn't know what the Bible was actually, one, representing, two, what it was actually trying to portray, which is Jesus, let's just put that one out there. We're going to have an entire episode on that, but the Bible is only about Jesus. From the beginning to the very end, it is Jesus. It is Jesus. It is Jesus. It is Jesus. It is not us. It is not our wealth. It is not our health. It is not that sort of stuff. It's about Jesus. This is his story. This is basically his, people call it a love letter. And I I like that because it is his love letter of who he is, right? Because how else are we supposed to know who Christ is? Where you're not living among him. He's not walking physically right in front of us every single day where we can ask him questions, where we can have conversations with him. We don't have that, but we do have the scripture so that we can understand and know who Jesus is. To the depth of who he is, we will never get there because he is infinite and our minds can never comprehend him. But that is what scripture is about. But Satan will take scripture use what he wants because he knows scripture. He's a very smart being. He knows scripture and knows how to use it just right to, just as we've said before, it will tickle your ears. 
it will cause you to, you may not pay full attention, but you'll definitely give it a little bit of like maybe a second glance sort of thing of maybe there is something there. I'll get back on that. And the more times that that happens, the more likely you are to finally fully turn towards this false doctrine, this false gospel and dive right in. And that's terrifying, friends. So I'm going to give you kind of an example of what this gospel does and what it can do and these different things. So I am, obviously, I like podcasts. I have my own. Clearly, you're listening to it. And if you didn't know that, hello, welcome. But I also love to listen to podcasts. I love music as well, but sometimes I just want to just listen to other people's take on things and gain. I honestly, I want to gain more knowledge of what I'm starting to learn in the Bible and what I'm what I've been viewing and the things that honestly I've been taught for my entire life that are wrong. Like the fact that it is okay to suffer. I could go on and on and on about that one. Because that was something that I believed for a long time. And I was so confused as to why I was suffering. Which is exactly what the health and wealth and prosperity gospel represents. Is that you don't suffer. You're never going to struggle. You're not supposed to struggle. If you have a right relationship with God, you're not going to struggle. And that's just false, false, false all over it. Um, So anyways, I'm listening to a podcast and... A guy had heard a sermon on TV and he was explaining why this was such a detrimental service. So I can't remember any of the people's names. I had never heard them before. I guess they might be big within the prosperity gospel movement. I'm not sure, but I would be willing to say that since they have their own TV show, they're probably a rather big deal. But uh, I know that it wasn't like Benny Hinn or Keith Copeland or uh, Joel Osteen. It wasn't any of them. It was some somebody different. But anyways, so he has his own TV show and he brought on another man who had a quote unquote special message specifically from the Holy Spirit. That's yeah, another thing I could go on about for quite some time. But let's just say false. So they are sitting together and they are discussing this vision and this idea that man number two, the guest, all of a sudden had and needed to present to this, uh, the host's entire audience, which after a while you start realizing why the host was so okay with this guest coming onto their show. So the guest is starting to say, well, we're going to look at scripture. Okay. For a second, I was like, okay, cool. Let's take a description. I like this. And so he takes them to, I believe it was First Samuel, and he's starting to talk about um, where Saul, if you guys remember who Saul is, Saul is basically the opponent of David uh, after a while in scripture. But Saul is, had, a, had a dream and he wanted it to be interpreted, right? And so he desperately was trying to figure out what it meant. And so his helper said, well, let's go and talk to Samuel. And Samuel is a prophet. And so in the Old Testament, he was the true prophet of he would be able and he did speak about future events. And so 
Saul wanted to go and meet with Samuel. So Saul, his friend, said, well, let's take Samuel a gift. Let's bring him something because it's Samuel. He deserves it. And then he will give us the answer to your dream. So Saul then goes, he brings him a gift. But when he goes and sees Samuel, the way that Samuel interacts with Saul, one, is completely different than any of these people in the prosperity gospel actually talk and how they actually relate to the person that has then presented their dream or their problem, their dilemma, whatever it might be. Um, so he has this conversation with Saul and then they leave and Saul never once gave anything to Samuel. He never gave him the gift because Samuel never asked for the gift. Samuel didn't need the gift. He didn't want the gift. And so the guy does not get to that part of the story. What he says is that Saul brought a gift to Samuel. And then he gets to the point where Samuel interprets the dream. And that's it. He does not talk about the fact that Saul never once gave Samuel the gift. So keep that in mind for just a second. So the guest then states, well, since Saul brought the prophet a gift for a prophetic word, then that's what we are called to do because it is in scripture. So if you are hurting or you are going through a devastating time in life or you are just needing answers for this thing that is absolutely breaking you, then call this number on your screen and donate however much you would like. The more you donate, the more of a prophetic word you will receive. If that doesn't make you just want to gag, I don't know what does. Because that is beyond repulsive. It, it gave me goosebumps and not in the good way. I felt sick for days after hearing that. And some of you are hearing that and you're probably thinking... Well, yeah, I mean, that kind of makes sense. It is in scripture, so it must be true. But again, what did I just explain? That this man had taken that out of context, completely out of context. He picked and chose what he wanted so that he could then benefit from it. And so that's a prime example of what these pastors do. But let's also look at the viewer's point of view. So if you, let's say you are going through an incredibly hard time in your life. Let's say that you just got a diagnosis from the doctor and it's obviously not a good one. So you're devastated. Your family's devastated. Your friends are devastated. You have been given just a couple months to live and you're not sure what's up ahead. You don't know the pain that's coming. You don't know how you're going to pass. You don't know exactly when you're going to pass. You just kind of know a you know, decent timeline, but that could change in the blink of an eye. And all you want is answers. One, I get that. Of course, we're, we're curious beings. We want answers. And I don't think that's necessarily bad, but where you look for them, that's what's bad. 
So let's say you are feeling like this and you turn on the TV and that's what you see. Because of your desire to just have an answer and because of your desire to just want to know, is this going to be okay? Will I end up being okay? Will my family be okay without me? You decide, I'm willing to try this. I'm willing to try this. So you send this man money and this man tells you, you will get better. All you have to do is you need to believe because if you have faith as big as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. So you just believe, you just believe that your health is coming. And a lot of them, a lot of them will use Revelation 21.4 that says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. So then you cling to that. You're clinging to this verse that is not in context whatsoever. I read that just like that. I'm like, yeah, this sounds awesome. Of course, that's what our God's going to do. Of course, our loving, sweet, generous, and kind God is going to do that every single day. That's what it's supposed to be about. That's what our Christian life is about. So if I'm going through this detrimental diagnosis, then I'm going to cling to that. I'm going to cling to Jeremiah 29, 11 for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Also taken out of context. Also was not written for you. That's just sidebars. So, Viewers clinging to these, right? And he's clinging to this prophetic word that they got. And then they go back to the doctor and the doctor says it's gotten worse. So then you start thinking, okay, I need to pray harder. I need to, I need to just have more faith. I just need to tell God over and over and over again that I have faith. Or you can do like some of the other prosperity gospel preachers who say you need to demand it from God. God needs you to tell him what you need because he doesn't know. Well, that just makes me want to punch somebody in the face because that's awful. That is absolutely awful. And just so you know, I would never actually punch somebody in the face, but well, you know, if a prosperity gospel person had actually said that to me one-on-one, I would probably think about it very hard. But I know that that's not the kind thing to do, but I would definitely think about it. Because that is a complete insult towards our God. That's a whole nother topic, though. I'm learning how to stay on topic, I swear, guys. Um, So you then think that you have to do all this stuff again. You Okay, well, maybe I just need to give more to this person. Maybe they have more and they just weren't able to give it to me because I didn't give enough money. So then you have people giving their life savings away for an answer from a person who is not a prophet. Because prophets... Nowadays, our preachers, we just preach. We just speak of the gospel. It's not, oh, I got this vision from heaven. That stopped. So when they say that they get these words from God, that's, that's, that's wrong. It's unbiblical. There's, there's nowhere in the scripture that it says that that's actually the truth, that that's actually going to happen. So then, let's say you pass away because you didn't give enough, because you didn't try hard enough, because whatever, your faith wasn't strong enough. 
then all your family and your friends who knew that you were doing all of this and they they might not be believers they may have their interest peaked now because one of their loved ones is struggling and we tend to cling to God whenever we are in a deep dark situation so maybe they are clinging to who they believe is God and then the only representation that they've had of him is from you and then you pass away so then they are well i i'm not touching this now i don't want that god because that god promised health that god promised that he was going to make sure that they never suffered that they never struggled that they never had a bad day in their life they promised that there was not going to be death in revelation it strictly says he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more so they clung to that yet god still let them die so that's not the god that i would want to serve so do you see the difference? Do you see the context there of if you listen to people who say that God only promises health and wealth and prosperity, then that is not the God of the Bible. That is you wanting the gifts of God more than God himself. God does say that we will prosper. Yes. Does that mean financially? No, not always. If you read in 2 Corinthians um, in 8, it says, uh, 1 through 2, it says, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. So what's the opposite of prosperity? Poverty. Right there, it is saying that Macedonia, in extreme poverty, something that never changed, they were always in extreme poverty, right? Still had an abundance of joy and they had a generosity. So that right there completely goes against the prosperity gospel because there nobody in the prosperity movement is going to want you to read anything that has to do with poverty because they don't want you to believe that that would ever be you because if you believe that then you're not going to be giving to them and you're not going to help their church become a bigger church you're not going to help them to be able to buy bigger houses you're not going to be able to help them to be able to drive the nicest cars or wear the nicest clothes and i'm not saying every single one of them do that that's not that's not true at all that's not accurate 100% but I will say that most of the ones, most of the big name health and wealth preachers out there do fit into that category. And you can see it. You can visibly see based off of their life choices of their uh, materialistic items that they decide to purchase that they fit within the category of obviously living an exorbitant life. Uh, if you look at how much they're each worth, it's insane. And then you have, then you have people who are like John Piper or uh, R.C. Sproul. It's two of my favorite people to ever listen to, who strictly speak uh, speak scripture, and they want you to grow to know who God is and who Christ is, because without those two things. Scripture doesn't make sense and your life doesn't make sense. So they preach these things, but 
I can't say they live because only one's alive, but they lived lives where it wasn't exorbitant. They weren't going and being flashy preachers. They just wanted to do what God called us to do, which was to one, love him, but also to preach the true gospel. You can't populate heaven with people if you're too busy trying to make sure that your life on this earth is plush and is nice and is fancy and is extravagant, because all that is, is that's just populating hell. Because it's causing people to cling to the things that you say. It's causing people to cling to you, the preacher of the prosperity gospel, instead of to God. Because you're the one that's bringing them the good news. Because if you go and you start reading scripture and you start reading about the fact that, well, yeah, there is suffering. I mean, it says it in basically every single one of the epistles that there is going to be suffering and that there is going to be tribulation. There is going to be trials. We are going to have hard times. We're not going to necessarily have all the money in the world. We're going to be be facing some really hard times. Well, if that's what I'm going to read in scripture, then I'm not going to be clinging to scripture. I'm going to cling to the person that makes me feel good. And that, yet again, is a whole other message because the health and wealth and prosperity gospel, the whole purpose is that they are playing on your emotions. They don't play on your senses because any person that has sense would be able to realize maybe there's something wrong here. But they're playing on your emotions, which... Our hearts are absolutely deceiving. And so they can lead us very, very astray if we let them. And nine times out of ten, we do because we've been taught and we've been cultured to believe that our heart is what should make our decisions. And so if my heart feels better by listening to somebody tell me that no matter no matter what, if I just have faith, I'm going to prosper. Or if I listen to somebody who says, you will suffer As a believer in Christ, you will suffer. What feeling am I going to want to follow? Obviously the happy one. But then I'm going to happily be led straight to hell. And that's awful. One of the Psalms that I really, really like, obviously, is 119. It's like the longest Psalm. I mean, it's not like it is. Uh, So Psalm 119, 127 says, Therefore, I love your commandments above gold above fine gold. I like that because it puts it into perspective that there's nothing that we should ever cling to more than God, more than what he has said, more than his word. But a lot of us, we will cling to gold and we can use that gold. You can take gold and you can replace it with so many different other things. You can say, you know, I won't, uh, therefore I love your commandments above being married one day, above being healthy, above having a new car, above making sure that I have the best house, above making sure that I have the most disciplined children, above making sure that my husband acts like a man most of the time. And isn't like one of my children. There's so many things that you could put in place of that. And that's what you need to do. You need to make sure that you are holding God above these things. 
Because again, the health and wealth and prosperity gospel is all about the gifts, not the God. One of them even states, actually, I'm pretty sure a lot of them state this, but one of them specifically that I can think of right now specifically states that we have a God, big G, and we are all little gods with a little G. No, no, no. Uh-uh, that ain't right. That's not correct. That's heresy, 100%. We are not little gods. We are sinners, absolute sinners, who are wrecked, we're broken. We will never, that will never change for us. On this side of heaven, that will never change for us. We are not perfect. We are not pure beings. We have a perfect and pure Savior, Jesus, who once he saves us, we are then covered by his blood, but that does not change the fact that we are still broken people. We still make broken choices. We still face a broken world. Our world is absolutely upside down because of the fact that it is choice after choice after choice being made by sinner after sinner after sinner. No matter if we're believers or not, we still make bad decisions. So sometimes, yes, we are going to suffer the consequence of a decision that we made. Because if we weren't if we weren't truly looking at scripture at that time or if we weren't truly clinging to God at that time, 9 times out of 10 we're going to make a choice that is not good because we just think it's the best thing. We 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 don't know enough to realize that that it was a bad idea. And God, gracious enough and just enough, lets us suffer those consequences so that we learn. It's just like a kid. They we use this we use this example all the time. It's just like a kid with a stove. You tell them don't touch it. You tell them don't touch it. You tell them don't touch it. They touch it. They get burnt. They never touch it. Right? That's pretty much how it works. It's just like God. His scripture tells us time and time and time and time and time again, don't do something. Well, we're going to go do it though. And then we suffer the consequences. We get burned. And then we realize, okay, whoa, okay. That was not right. That was not, that was not sound. That was not biblical. But sometimes we make those choices and the consequences don't seem so severe. And so then we just dig deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper until eventually, like I've said before, we're in this hole that we somehow got ourselves into and we don't even realize how we got there because we are not looking at God above everything else. We're still very us-centered. The health and wealth gospel is so you centered it's insane it is all about your life how can you make sure that your life is better did christ come to make sure that he had health and wealth and prosperity i think not because the way he died is completely contradicting the health and wealth he never had money He grew up a carpenter. That was a very low trade at the time. He literally was born in an inn, right? Well, in a manger. That's not the highest class that you could possibly be born in. And he did not, he did not die a healthy death. He just didn't. And I mean, I, I'm. this is all speculation. And so I'm obviously not 
100% because it doesn't say this in the gospel, but Jesus was fully human, 100% human, 100% fully God. But that means that he still felt and dealt with the exact same things as us. I'm fairly sure Jesus walked around with a few scars from things that happened to him. We all get paper cuts. I mean, they didn't didn't have paper at the time, but I'm pretty sure that he, the papyrus that he was writing on, he probably got a little bit of a paper cut on that. He still did not have health all the time. You can see in through all of scripture, people, Job, perfect example. He had health and wealth for quite some time. He was very prosperous. And then God allowed him to be used for an example towards Satan, right? To show that no matter what you do to somebody who truly believes in God, no matter how bad their suffering is, they will be okay. They will make it. In Job, there's a there's a verse. I can't remember where it's at, but I know it. And this is all paraphrase, so please go and find it. But it says something along the lines of their prosperity will lead them straight to Sheol, which is hell. And that pretty much sums up all of this, doesn't it? So, again, I could go on about this stuff for quite some time. But the bullet points of this is that the health and wealth and prosperity gospel plays on people. It plays on your emotions. It plays on your deepest desperate needs and they act like they know what those are because for the most part no matter what you're wanting it can fit within certain categories we can shift it to fit into whatever category they might be saying i mean there's plenty of people who hear a message from one of these from one of these um prosperity gospel preachers and they will say you need to there's somebody out there who needs to quit their job and naturally you're gonna be like oh that's me because i don't like my job anyways I've been needing to do this because I'm going to be so sold out for Christ. I'm going to go quit my job. Well, no, that's a bad idea. But because the preacher said it, we're going to believe that it was for us because we have been taught that if a preacher says something like that, then it has to be biblical because we believe in prophetic words still and that's not the case. And it's coming from an authority figure who should never actually have been given that authority. But they have it, so I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to trust it. Instead of trusting scripture, which says that it is good for you to work. And so many people have suffered because of those decisions. They're suffering, suffering a consequence of listening to a false teacher. And we've talked about that before in some of my other podcasts. I, honestly, probably all of them because this is something I'm very big on is that we allow people to feed into our spiritual lives who should never have authority in that area. Ever. Because it causes us to question God. And we, we can have questions. Sure. I, I, God is not opposed to that. We shouldn't be opposed to that. I like going and asking God questions. Do I get an answer? No, not always. Usually what this looks like is I'm praying and I'm asking God, why, why, why would this happen? Why in the world would this happen? Or why would, or how is this supposed to play out? 
why is it that, you know, I struggle in such an area? What can I do different? And I don't just sit there and wait and wait and wait for a voice from up above. I've voiced those things because I want to converse with my father. And then I go and read in scripture. And sometimes it's a couple of weeks later, but I'll read something and then it makes sense. Okay. I struggle with this because I'm a sinner and I don't deserve good things. And so sometimes bad things happen because it is a broken world and I am a broken person. And that is okay. Sometimes it comes because somebody else was telling me something that they had learned or where they had grown. And then it hits me. Oh my gosh, that's a, that, that makes sense. Check it with scripture. If it fits with scripture, there we go. But it's not, I'm going to ask somebody else, why is this happening to me? I'm going to pay them for an answer. And they're going to give me a very broad answer that I myself will then take and redefine and make it more narrow to fit my circumstances. That is not how this works. Yet again, it is not how this works. You don't do that with scripture. You don't take the parts that you like of scripture and leave out the rest in hopes that you're going to have a good and fun and joyous relationship with God because you can have a joyous relationship with God. You can have a fun relationship with God even through the hard times. How do I know this? Because right now, my husband and I, we may not be going together. We're going through great stuff. We have been growing our relationship very quickly because of stuff that we've been having to face. But we have not been dealt an easy hand at all whatsoever. There have been many things that have made our marriage very, very hard already. And we've only been married for almost seven months. But I still have joy in my relationship with God because I'm learning more and more about him because all I try to do is learn more about him. I'm not looking to see what kind of answers can I get from God to make this situation easier. I'm not asking him to change this entire thing because to be honest, I can see that no matter what, God's going to get the glory because that's how it works. He's going to get glory through this and that's all I care about. If it means that I suffer for the rest of my life with this constant thing that Cody and I are having to face, then I will do it because God deserves that because I can only imagine the amount of glory that he gets from it. And me asking him to change it, to make sure that I'm happier, to make sure that I'm better, is asking God, please, please don't have any more glory. I'm done with you having the glory. I would like for my selfish desire as a sinner and as a human deserving of hell, death, and the grave, I would desire to feel better, to not have to face this. That's not, that's not going to work. 
It's just not going to. I promise there can be joy in the suffering. There can be joy by just knowing who God truly is. Not who you think that he might be. Not who people tell you he is. Learn on your own who he is. Go and find fun ways of studying scripture. I'm a, I'm a person that loves color. I love, I, I'm, a, I'm a female. I like shiny things. So I try and use my crafty side as well whenever I'm studying scripture. And I make it to where when I'm looking at my Bible, it's still fun, but it is still 100% biblical. Find people, true, honest preachers that can pour into your life. Again, I've already listed two. John uh, John Piper and R.C. Sproul are incredible. Spurgeon, another great one. A little harder to understand because obviously in the 1800s was when it was written. But he's so so wise and he has a new study bible out that cody had got uh i think last week and we have absolutely loved that thing but he's incredible you have matt chandler really really good i sometimes question a few of his things um they're not necessarily things that i i have enough of a um knowledge on to quote anything from right now but most of his stuff i'm okay with And he definitely preaches on this stuff. And he is definitely somebody who obviously understands struggle. Because for those that don't know, he had brain cancer. He literally had a tumor going on. And God healed him of that. But he was given, I can't remember the exact amount of time, but he was given a certain amount of time to live. And it was a dead set thing. This will be happening. But he still preached the gospel. He still had faith. He still clung to who Christ truly is, not to who everybody wants him to think he is. Um, So he's another great one. Uh, If you're wanting great studying, if you want to learn how to study your Bible and have fun with it, Jen Wilkin, I I will talk about that woman all day long because she is awesome. And she is the person that truly helped me to understand how I was viewing scripture and how detrimental to my walk with God it was so she's somebody that I recommend and she has a podcast with two other people they actually happen to go to the village church which is funny um but it's called knowing faith and it's amazing and it definitely brings light onto things there's also the bible project um they are phenomenal they have a podcast they also have a youtube video they also have uh things on you version and they also have stuff on youtube um I think I just said that they're on their own website that's what I meant to say they have stuff on their own website as well. And it's incredible. It helps explain the Bible in a very layman's term, but also reminds you constantly that it is all about God. It's all about Christ. It's not about you. It's about Christ. Um, and then one of them, Tim, he has his own called Exploring My Strange Bible. Oh, it is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. That's another one that I would highly recommend. And the point of these is that all of these preachers are pointing you to Scripture. None of them ever say, go and do this on your own. You make this happen. You go and you say this prayer. If it doesn't work the first time, you say it again. And then you name it and claim it. And that's how this is going to work. Because that's not how it works. You got to go to scripture, guys. 
I don't know why any of us ever desire to go somewhere else. I mean, I get it. I was that person. I've been there. So obviously, I'm not I'm not going to judge you for it, but I would definitely like to sit down with you and talk about it because it's it's just it's a silly way to view things. Like once you realize that the Bible has nothing to do with you, you start realizing that all these false gospels out there are 100% about us and not actually about Jesus, the one true gospel. It's 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 pretty funny, but it's also absolutely sad. Uh, so something, a little thing I'm going to ask you guys to do is if you have some time, go and look up the five solas, S-O-L-A-S. They are remarkable. And it's something that I would definitely recommend you writing down on anything that you possibly can and memorizing and letting that soak in. It's something that I did a, a while back, um, and I love that it's slowly starting to catch more ground around the people that I've been um, spending my time with. And you see the change that can come from this understanding of the five solas. And I'm not going to tell you what those are because I want you to do it. I want you to learn how to use your legs, to learn how to walk through learning more about God, learning more about scripture, finding answers about questions that you have from the Bible, from good sources. So how do you learn what good sources are? You go and you research the source. Figure out if they're a good person. There was a person this last week. I had I asked people on my Instagram, which you're more than welcome to. Please uh, follow me. It's Mayhem Maddie. Um, and ask questions. But I had asked the question of who is your current favorite uh, preacher? And I was I was surprised by a lot of the responses. Some of them I was like, yes, you got this. Like, I, I love them too. Let's go listen to them together. But then there were some that I got and it was like, well, for one, I hadn't heard of some of them. Other ones I was very uh, iffy of, obviously, uh, speaking of this topic. So I was a little surprised by that. But um, there was somebody that one of my friends had mentioned and I had never heard of her before. And so... I needed to go and look. And for one, I was also like, okay, well, if I asked who your favorite preacher was and that's considered a preacher, I already have a problem and that's going to be a whole nother thing. But I'm, I need to go figure out who this person is. Instead of just listening to my friend and saying, well, since they like them, I like them, I guess, because my friend and I are obviously friends. We have good taste because we're friends with each other. So obviously, you know, this person must be great. Um, no. I did my research before I listened to anything of this person to make sure, is is she sound? Is she somebody that I should possibly put in my rotation of podcasts and sermons that I listen to? And the answer ended up being no, not at all. But I had to do that legwork. And that's something that I want you guys to learn to do. We can't have a lazy faith and be able to battle different gospels that people present to us all the time. We can't fight for Christ if we get tired after the first swing because we just don't we don't know anything. All we all we are still doing, we've been a believer for 10 years and we're still at the baby food stage. Guys, please Please go and do your research on the five solas. 
And then from that, go and do some more research. Learn more about what the health and wealth and prosperity gospel truly are. Learn who speaks on those. Learn who preaches those. Learn about those preachers. But through all that, absolutely drench yourself in scripture. Learn why in the world would this not actually fit within scripture? How how did how did they use this verse or this story and twist it? Well, I'm going to take the story that they that they had taught and I'm going to take it to scripture and I'm going to fully read it in scripture. Side note, usually they don't actually reference the scripture itself, like the actual verse and read it itself. They do a paraphrased version, which I yes, I did just do that with the Job one. Um, that's because I literally can't remember where it is. And Job is a very long one. And so I didn't do that. But I desire for you to go and look it up yourself. I'm pretty sure it's in one of the 20s. That's all I got. But I want you to go and look it up. They usually will not encourage you to bring a Bible. They will not encourage you to open your Bible and they will not actually read from the Bible. A lot of them will stand and never actually have a Bible in front of them. That's kind of a red flag, guys. Nobody has... Okay, I can't say that. Most normal people will not have the entire Bible memorized. Every single verse. Most normal people. There are those few out there who God has gifted in mighty ways to know every single verse. Who they are? I don't know, but I'm sure that they exist because I know God can do incredible things. But most normal people aren't. And so if a preacher never ever actually uses his Bible and doesn't ever bring one with him, you should probably worry as well. Because he needs to be uh, preaching from scripture. As I've said time and time again. So I'm pretty sure that horse has been beaten pretty well and is fairly well dead. Um, but we're probably going to beat it uh, many, many, many more times just because it's something that I have to be reminded of all the time because it's natural for us to want to go to something that makes us feel better. It's natural for us to want to cling to something that sounds like it sounds like the God that we believe God should be instead of the God who actually is. So before, you know, I could go off on more and more crazy uh, long explanations and different paths or whatnot but I'm going to go ahead and sign off I actually have a very busy day today because after almost seven months of being married I'm finally going to go change my last name legally Uh, and you can judge me for that all you would like but I don't care because (laughs) that's just that is absolutely who I am if you know me you know you're probably not surprised that it took me seven months to finally change my last name so we're gonna go do that and I'm gonna go spend some time with my sweet little stepdaughter Uh, since she has spring break and then we're going to be painting our house and so that's probably more than you care to know about me but you know there it is and so if you would I would say pray for patience but you have you know we have a five-year-old so I don't I don't need the patience because I believe that she is the test for that patience but um I'm so excited that you did spend time with me to be honest I really really am it means a whole lot to me the, the amount of love that I've been getting through these podcasts and the amount of people who want to have deeper conversations and harder conversations because of these. That's my, that is my desire. It really is. How can we spur each other on? How can we do the iron sharpening iron? 
That's my goal. That's my desire. And so I pray that it's not just between us, but that it's between you and your friends and your family, and that um, this maybe just helps to light a little bit more of a fire within you. But I'm happy that you spent time with me. I love you very much. And may you praise God from whom all blessings flow. Be sure to come back on Saturday so that we can then learn how to study scripture together. I'm going to give you some methods that I use. I'm going to give you some tools that I use. And then we're also going to be diving into scripture together. So be sure to check back on Saturday.